Hello. Hey, Struthi, how you doing? This is Ed Harris. You're listening to episode number two of the podcast, Fizz Ed, and I'm joined by Struthi Ganesh. Struthi, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. What's our topic for today's podcast episode? So our overall topic for today is about immigration, and we're going to kind of talk about multiple different aspects of, you know, why people may be against what immigration means to America. Okay, fantastic. Sounds like, sounds like something worth talking about. Let me start first on a personal note. Uh, I happen to uh, be in a nuclear family where of the four people who are not me, three of them are immigrants. So uh, on a personal level, uh, I'm very pro-immigration because uh, some of my favorite people in the entire world uh, are immigrants to the United States. But speaking about it on more of a business and a, and a policy level, my background in education is in economics and finance, and I've spent my career uh, in the business world. And one of the things that is uh, obvious really to anybody that look, looks at the data is that one of the greatest predictors of a country's overall level of economic well-being is the extent to which their economy is open and frictionless. So economies that allow for the relatively free flow of goods and services and ideas and people tend to be the wealthiest countries of the world. Those are countries like you know, United States, Canada, Western Europe, et cetera. And the countries that are more restrictive, that tend to clamp down on the flow of people and capital and ideas, and uh, are the societies that tend to be less well off. So, um, what I've observed, uh, and what we've all seen in the last few years, is that in the current uh, Trump administration and current Republican policies, is we've seen the uh, the party that used to be the party of big business become uh, much more stridently anti-immigrant in a way that um, really, I think, from a policy standpoint, is creates a certain inconsistency because um, the evidence is clear. Uh, immigration is good for the economy and makes everybody more well off. Um, and yet the party that historically has been regarded as the party of business uh, has become decidedly anti-immigrant. So I, I just find that very curious. Just curious what your thoughts are and what what uh, what observations you have right and i i absolutely agree i think that you know it stems from i would have to say some racist backgrounds and a lack of education and, and xenophobia because like you said the evidence obviously shows us that immigration is really good and immigration and diversity in general is really good for the business businesses and the economy so you know, a large argument I often hear people talk about is, you know, with undocumented immigrants, you know, well, they came here without documents. And I think, you know, you'll agree with me when most of them, it's not like they don't want documents. They come here with hopes of a better economic life for them and their families. And what I tend to say is that, you know, immigrants are stealing American citizens' jobs. So there's so many statistics that show that most illegal or undocumented immigrants do jobs that Americans just don't want to do for, you know, an extremely minimum wage that I don't think any American citizen would be happy with. So especially if we're going to talk about during, you know, the COVID in pandemic time, most of the produce that is being picked 
I mean, even on a general basis, is by undocumented immigrants for around 10 cents an hour or less. So they're doing this really laborious job for us um, that most Americans wouldn't even want to do. So I feel like that um, that aspect of stealing American citizens' jobs is just kind of fact, like baseless. Yeah, I, I think that's right. By the way, I think that the statistic you quoted might be a bit off. I, I doubt if it's 10 cents an hour because that would be one dollar of wages for for a 10 hour day i I think maybe it's missing a zero or two but but certainly regardless of what the exact number is yes you're absolutely right um and the fact is that there are 11 million undocumented workers in this country uh which means that our economy relies on their continued performance so there's an element an obvious element of hypocrisy to on one hand rely on that labor source to power our economy but at the same time, politically, to donate money and support candidates who uh, who claim to be to be opposed to uh, to that pillar of uh, of what holds up our economic growth, and I think you had mentioned you know the racism and the xenophobia part of it. So uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that you know I've been struck by is you know Donald Trump said a lot of things that are very memorable for the you know for the for the you know notoriously memorable you know, memorable in a bad way, but. You know, one of them was his remark about why do we get people from, quote unquote, shithole countries? Why don't we get people from, you know, Scandinavia? And mm-hmm. you, don't re- you don't really need to, you know, go too many levels deep in analysis. That, that the meaning of that is right on its surface. It's like, oh, well, if we just had immigrants who were white, we'd have no problem. Like, why, why, you know, why don't we have more white immigrants? So I think the, you know, the racism aspect of, of this is, you know, it's right there on its surface. But I was going to mention one other thing, kind of tying it back to the economy, is uh, one of the things that is true generally about the immigrant experience is they're, in, they're interacting with a culture and with a society that tends to have a different way of doing things than what they grew up with which leads right. to a certain type of problem-solving mentality. And so one of the things that's absolutely true in Silicon Valley is a tremendous, tremendous number of Silicon Valley companies were started either by uh, immigrants or the children of immigrants. Um, and there definitely is this very you know, um, long-standing, well-observed phenomenon that when you take people who are smart and motivated and eager to achieve, and in particular, if some of the credentials that they enjoyed in their home country are less recognized as market or less marketable in the United States, it leads mm-hmm. to a more innovative mentality. So I don't think it's a coincidence that so much of what fuels uh, uh, Silicon Valley and the tech sector and the innovative nature of our economy flows uh, either directly or by one generation removed uh, from the immigrant community. So again, I kind of come back to why, why, why are we not applauding that? Why, like, why does some of us see it? Why doesn't, you know, why do, you know, why do liberals, you know, and again, uh, you know, to kind of tie back to this, what used to be considered to be a classic divide between liberals and conservatives is that liberals were too soft-hearted and would make decisions that were bad for the economy because you know they couldn't think straight, and it was the Republicans and the conservatives who would be a little bit more um, disciplined in their emotions and say, no, we're going to do what's best for the economy, and we're going to try to take the human equation out of it. And at least on this issue, that dynamic has been flipped entirely on its head, 
and it's the uh, it's the it's the Democrats and the liberals that are saying, no, we want we want policies that actually uh, work economically. And it's the Republicans who are on the on the raw, on, at least from an economic standpoint, on the wrong side of the issue. Anyway, that was a that was that was a bit of a rambling answer, but just curious your you know, your thoughts about that or anything you want to add to it. No, absolutely. I was actually just reading um, earlier on about the Harvard Business Review had actually done a study looking at how diversity and whether or not diversity actually helped, you know, create more innovative ideas and help a company. And so basically what they tested was to see if that inherent diversity, you know, gender, race, sexual orientation, um, culture, those things like that actually made a difference. Um, and they found that I believe that environments with this type of two-dimensional diversity allowed out-of-the-box ideas to kind of flow in because different people had different perspectives. And I think it said that those companies are 45% more likelier to, you know, represent that their firm's market share grew over the, you know, years. So I think that, you know, the evidence is all there, just like you were saying, that immigration helps and diversity absolutely helps our country you know grow into this eco economic powerhouse and this innovative um you know create these innovative companies for us awesome Th thank you for sharing that Sruthi. i was i'm going to make one final comment and then we'll wrap up i was just going to say that that's often i get the same sense of different types of creativity and different ways to solve problems when i talk to people who like yourself who are a generation younger than me because you're immigrants from a different time. It's like, it's like I was in a time machine and I grew up and I had a childhood and a, a formative experience in an America of the 1960s. And that America, thank God, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, that, was, that was an apartheid America that maintained an absolute racial hegemony. Uh, and thank God it's, it would also happen to be homophobic too. So, you know, thank God that's gone. And I, I often feel that same sense of, uh, benefiting from a, a, a new way of thinking and a different perspective and different types of experiences. Uh, I feel that also intergenerationally. Well, we're out of time. So uh, again, Sruthi, uh, thank you so much. And uh, uh, great talking, uh, signing off. Take care.